Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Yeah, 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 we back, folks. Easter break's over, and uh, welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity Murder Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. What's good? Um, The Lord... Rose or Peter Cottontail came and dropped eggs or whatever the case may be. We had an Easter break. That's over. And now we're back to recording here in the illustrious uh, Affirmative Murder Studios. Uh, Fran, how was your break, uh, your Easter break? Um, Break was good. I took Sophie to church and um, had a little family get together on my Hispanic side. Did you do egg hunt? Yes, we did. Frijoles hunt. Yes. On my Hispanic side of the family. What do they do for Easter? Um, Is it the same yeah, Just thing? get together, cook some food, you know, some, some rice, meat, some frijoles. Um, and then we did a, the Easter egg hunt. And then we did a, um, what's the thing you get in the bag and you jump? Oh, a back. sack race? We did that. Oh, I didn't know that was Easter tradition. Yeah, so that was cool. That's new. Yep, that was fun. Fun. Yep. How about you? I went to the in-law's house and had an egg hunt. Okay. I came in last place. But it was a spirited effort. We brought less. He'd never come to the egg hunt before. Mm-hmm. He won. I don't. I don't know. You know. <laughs> you know. Thank. You know. He's been hang- staying with us for a couple of uh, weeks, mm-hmm. and that was the icing on the cake. Let me tell you that him winning when I proclaimed that this was my year. <laughs> I, we were driving. And I was like, "This is my year." Uh-huh. Like I didn't win last year. Last year I only had five eggs. And I was like, you know, but this year though, I'm gonna win. Was I, there kids involved or no? We're all it was adults. adults. Oh, okay, all, that's cool. All yeah, right, we're all straight up okay. adults. But it, kids at heart, right? Gotta right, that, right. Got to keep that childhood spirit, right? And I thought this was my year. Les swooped swooped in with the um, beginner's luck and with 20 eggs to wow. my to my 14. Um, he won, and um, it was demoralizing. And I hated it, and I'm glad he's gone. Today he left, <laughs> and I'm glad he's gone. He took my shine, and he is no longer welcome in my home. Uh, but no, all jokes aside, uh, for anybody who has been keeping up with posts that we've been putting up on uh, all the social medias and everything, my friend Les Green uh, was, for the past couple weeks, a contestant on American Idol. He made it to the top 50, but last night I'm afraid that his uh, his journey came to an end uh sadly um not really sadly he he's not he's not broken up about it but um 
you know, it it, it just it, it wasn't his year. And no other year will be his year because he's not trying out anymore because <laughs> I told him that, you know, you're one and you're done. Fuck that show. So, yeah, he got it sent home last night. But, you know, we wish him nothing but the best. He's going on tour this summer. So maybe you can catch him in town near you folks. Uh, but um, other than that, I wanted to um, – what we do here is we talk about fucked up shit every week. And what I wanted to start doing is a segment. And we don't have any music for this week because, you know, hey, this is free. You know, I don't know how many times I need to really – I mean, how many times do we need to make that clear, you know? Um, we don't get paid to do this. I don't get paid to put in extra hours to go chopping up songs and everything like that. So sometimes the 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 uh, the idea will come, but the production value will come later. And this is one of those cases. I wanted to start doing a segment where, you know, before we get into the fucked up shit, we just give out some good vibes to feel good, to kind of, you know – make our lift our spirits before we dive into, you know, the gory, the, the, the grotesque, the, the dark side of the world, you know, before we d- jump into all that really fucked up, you know, evil side of the world. Let's talk about some positivity. Let's bring some positiveness into our life. So I wanted to have a good vibe segment before we jump into uh, the affirmative murders. And because there's no music, friend, give me a beat and I will, I'm going to slightly freestyle real quick just about what we're going to do just give me a beat real quick and we're going to we're going to um have our uh, uh, some makeshift uh segment music you going to freestyle it yeah, i'm going to freestyle let's okay. go okay hmm. we're going to talk about some positivity like jesus in the nativity you don't know you can't grow like a plant from the trees into the sky oh me oh my it's happy time wow all right, cool. That was our um, good vibes segment music. And uh, Fran, would you like to tell some of the people some good vibes first, or would you like me to tell my good vibes? I'll story? go first. Okay, cool. Let, like, make me feel good before we jump into these affirmative um, murders. Okay, my good vibes story. I like that. My good vibes story this week is about Stepman Bailey. And that's not. Him? I know a Stepman. I only want know one Stepman. And it's not Oprah's husband. It's not Oprah's husband. <laughs> no, it's not. And I don't know Stepman Bailey. Okay, Stepman Bailey is a um, American football player, wide okay. receiver. Cool. Um, he played for the Rams in 2013. Okay. So. Okay. Sorry, no, this is a new thing. Okay, so on November 24th of 2015, Bailey was shot multiple times oh. while sitting in his car with three of his family members in Miami Miami Gardens, Florida. The unknown, um, an unknown person pulled up alongside them and opened fire before driving off. Okay. He survived two gunshot wounds to the head and was oh. a critical and was in critical. Th- it was in critical but stable condition, um, but his cousin was also shot. He had um, life-threatening injuries. Uh, uh, this was good. This is good vibes. This is good vibes. So okay, he survived those gunshot wounds. All right. Yeah, he survived those gunshot wounds. Um, now he's working his way back to being back on the field. Okay. As a football player in the NFL. Well, that's good. Yeah. So um, he, right now he has titanium plates in his oh. head. Oh. Right now, but they said he's in good condition and he's working his way back to the to the NFL. And then um, I looked at his Twitter earlier today when I heard about the story, and he said like he had quote, "I can't be stopped." He said, "When I touch, when I touch this floor, he's like, when I touch the that field, the world is going to shake." Oh, so he's like, he's motivated. He's yeah. like, "I'm not them them bullets is not going to stop me from living my dream." He should be happy he can even tweet. But yeah, yeah. no, that's that's I wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, yeah that's. 
I'm, I'm glad that uh, you don't let two bullets to the head stop you or something. Like he, uh, it's like Wolverine now. He's yeah. got metal plates in his head. Yeah. Maybe that will cut down on the CTE because it's like extra he cushion. Got a metal, metal plate. Oh, yeah. It's like an extra buffer between mm. his brain and the tackles mm. if he gets back to the field. Right. I hope he does. Stedman Bailey, not Stedman Grand, is Stedman. That's his Oprah's, name. Oprah's husband. Oh. Not wife. Oprah's husband. <laughs> he and should be white. He, uh, he's look man look we don't the gender lines are blurred brother it's 2018 husband is wife wife is husband Stedman takes care of the home that's his role it's not a feminine role that's just his role and he likes doing it yeah I, he, hey, he makes no the home that. but you know something I heard a story and Stedman don't play that oh he don't Stedman keeps the house and Oprah can be as much of a billionaire as, I want, as she wants to be I heard a story about there was a story where Oprah was on 60 Minutes or something mm-hmm. like that, and they were looking at puppies. Mm-hmm. And Oprah was like, oh, my God, I hate coming to these kind of things because I'm just going to buy – I want to buy all the puppies and bring mm-hmm. them all home. And Stedman was like, no, you can get one puppy, and, and that's it. <laughs> and, and and it was just a little taste of, look, I, I run this shit. Oh, he runs the house. He yeah, might. you know, she might bring home the money, but <laughs> he, he keeps a traditional household, that of the 70s, where I'm the man, and I, you know, I regulate. If things. Steph was making billions of dollars, I would too. Shit, you would what? Be home chilling. Oh yeah, home down I the mean, crib. No, for sure. Yeah. Same. <laughs> same. I, why do I? Why would I bring home my little pennies? <laughs> right. Why I need to work just to feel good about myself? No, somebody's got to do the dishes and <laughs> right. clean. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah we gotta walk the dog. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So good for Stephen Bailey. I'm glad to hear that he's getting back on his feet. My feel. My uh, my good vibe story for this week is about these three black British kids. Um, who saved a man from committing suicide mm-hmm. about maybe like less than a week ago. And if you see the picture, I'll show you a picture real quick. This is the kind of picture that you see and people use as like a negative about mm-hmm. black kids. Like these, these kids are cr- uh, criminals or thugs or something like that. They're all kind of neutral face. They all have kind of afros and all this kind of stuff. But these three kids are heroes. And I'm, I want to put this photo up on Twitter just to kind of combat the stereotype that goes with black kids. I mean, mm-hmm. people see black kids as, you know, five times older than they are, whatever the statistic is, like, you know, what police officers see a seven-year-old as, like, 15 mm-hmm. on average, you know, just, they just, they see adult men, you know, and these aren't adult men, these are kids, they look like an alternative universe version of the Stranger Things kids, like, mm-hmm. they're all just kind of, like, in a little crew of three kids, but anyway, so, um, three kids from Hertfordshire, England, are being honored for saving a suicidal man's life, Devante Caffrecky, Devante, his name is Devante. Even in England, they got hood names. <laughs> so he's 13. Mm-hmm. We got Sammy F- Sammy Farah. He's 14. And we got Sean Young. He's 12. They rushed and grabbed this man who was sitting with a rope around his neck on the edge of an overpass mm. in uh, Waltham Cross. Uh, again, we don't have any point of reference for any of these places. We live in America. But I'm going to say them the best I can. Um, Caffrey, who is Devante, and Farah. Uh, refused to let the man go while Young called for help. So basically, Devontae and Sammy grabbed the guy, and then Sean ran and looked for somebody to, you know, called the police or whatever. He went to go get some adults to help this. They grabbed the rope or grabbed him? They grabbed him just to kind of keep him, stop him from, from jumping. Or I don't know what his situation was. I don't think he was hanging. I think he was about to jump. Oh, okay. But they grabbed onto him and wouldn't let go while Sean Young ran to get help. Okay. So they just kind of stayed there with him and, you know, maybe they were like, don't do this, man. What are you mm-hmm. doing? And these are kids, man. Like, I... In my mind, kids today would like pull their phones out and yell "World Star," right? But these kids didn't do that, so I think that's super cool. Um, Young found a 47-year-old Joanne Summers or Joanne Stammers who took over for the boys and held on to the man for what uh, 
for what she thought what she said felt like forever. Uh, the Hertfordshire Police nominated Stammers, Caffrey and Fair uh, uh, Stamp. Also, the woman too. They nominated Stammers, Caffrey, Farah, and Young for national awards from the Royal Humane Society, a charity promoting life-saving intervention. Wow. The three boys who got the three boys who go to St. Mary's High School also picked up special achievement awards at the Broxburn Youth Awards for their bravery. So they're going around, cool. they're they're making their rounds, everybody's right. giving them positive feedback, which is what I'm happy that that happens. I want these kids to go viral because mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you you hear about this, there's like a condom challenge now. Nope. These kids are snorting condoms, man. I don't know how much is caught on. No, sometimes the media will how they put it up their nose and then I don't know snort it up and then pull it out of their throat. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, like the contrast of that to all these kids doing that Parkland. They went to D.C. and did this whole rally for our lives and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. And then you see a kid like that, or you see kids doing shit like that. It it blurs the message where people were like, "You're letting these kids dictate what we should do with our guns." Mm. They're snorting condoms, but that's just some people, and I'm sure some of those people are even adults. Is something catches on? It's a trend, and people do dumb shit. We've seen a bunch of stupid trends, but let this be a trend. Let these three boys go viral and be a trend, the save a life trend. So mm. I I want these kids to be on commercials and be in funny YouTube videos and be all over the place the way fucking Catch Me Outside girl was, because mm-hmm. these kids did something really cool that not a lot of kids would do. I mean, you look at any kind of video of people fighting and nobody's breaking the fight up. They're pulling their phones out just to record it till something fucked up happens. These kids didn't do that. They intervened. So I want to give one last shout out to um, Devontae Caprici, Sammy Farah, and Sean Young. You guys are exemplary citizens of your country. You guys are upstanding young black adults. uh, And and, and I respect you very much for what you did. And uh, that's my good vibe segment for the week. But with that being said, you know what we do right. here. Yeah, I had a yeah, I had a Luke like in throw. I, I didn't mean it. to get too graphic, but it was sitting there. I was I felt like I was talking like this for like a two minutes. But um, yeah, you know what, what we do here is we talk about fucked up shit. But from now on, what I would like to do, I'm gonna find some actual music for next week. It won't be you guys won't get those sweet bars anymore. Unfortunately, I don't rap for free. Um. But uh, next week, we're going to have a more polished version of the Good Vibes segment before we jump in, jump into talking about fucked up shit. But speaking of fucked up shit, it is that time. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to do exactly that and tell you some fucked up shit. So stay tuned. All right, and we are back. Folks, I just want to make it clear one last time. If you haven't gotten your friends on this affirmative murder train yet, do so. Because the price is about to go up, you know? I mean, we are making moves the, 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 the train is is starting to be in full rotation. Big things are happening. We are making major moves. Can't really speak on them crazy. But just know that, you know, when a year from now we're in People Magazine or Time Magazine's most influential people, you do you want to be that person who is talking about how they jumped in on episode 144? No, you want to be a ground floor member. You don't want to be a fucking bandwagon ass motherfucker. So... Get these people on board. Let them know, man. Let them know that we're coming. We're coming for that number one spot. We'll even take spot number 77 at this point. <laughs> Whatever spot, what, however we can get on the board, we'll take it. But then once we get on the board, it's only to the top from there. So just let the people know what's going on in affirmative murder land. Fran, I don't know whether or not you went first this week, but um, I'm going to throw it to you to start us off this week. And if you wouldn't mind um, telling me your affirmative murder, sir. All right. My affirmative murder this week is Donald Donald Nielsen. Donald Nielsen? Yes. 
Have you heard of it? No, it's a very boring okay. name. I've never heard of that name before. It's so average. <laughs> A.K.A. The Black Panther. Nuh-uh. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> Nuh-uh. I'm serious. That's his serial killer name? Yeah. The Black Panther? Yeah. And this guy's white. This is a white guy. What? This is a white guy. A British guy. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm so confused. So, okay, Donald what? Nielsen. Yes. AKA, AKA the Black, Black Panther. Panther. They 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 say I'll say why and Okay, why cool. They, oh, yeah, please. Please do. I would hope you would. So, born in Bradford, England on guess when? 420. Blaze it. Nope. Uh Martin Luther King Day. Nope. I guess no. Um All Hallows Eve. No. It's not a holiday. On my birthday. My April thirtieth. On your birthday. August, okay, cool. August first, man. I'm selfish. I was yeah, man. Myself. <laughs> okay, so he's born on your birthday. August first, nineteen thirty six. His birth name was Donald Nappy, and he changed his this name. This guy's name was Donald Nappy, and he's the <laughs> Black Panther. Come on, man. His birth his birth name was Donald Nappy. So in nineteen sixty, his daughter was born. Um, four years after his daughter's birth, Nappy changed his changed the family name to Nielsen. Okay. So that the little girl would not suffer the bullying and abuse he endured at school and in the army because his because his surname similarity to the word nappy. How I mean, how <laughs> bad was that though? Like how bad was that? Really? That you it was so bad you had to change your name? My name is Alvin. Okay? I've been called a chipmunk <laughs> six billion to everybody thinks it's the most original thing in the fucking world. You're white. You don't have nappy hair. What are they saying to you that's hurting your feelings? Like, oh, man, your hair isn't nappy. That's weird. Oh, no, I'm crying now. I'm being bullied. <laughs> Grow up. Segregation was going on in the 30s. People were fucking, people were being called way worse things than nappy. <laughs> he didn't like it, man. He didn't want his daughter to go through that. Because what, he, she didn't, <laughs> he didn't want his daughter to have to go through the struggles he went through as a white man Maybe in the, she was in mixed. the 50s? Maybe she was mixed. Are you hinting at something? What? I doubt it. it was, she was mixed in the 50s. He was fucking around with black girls in the 50s, this Donald guy. <laughs> I doubt it, but go ahead. All right. So, Nielsen committed over 400 house burglaries without Jesus. detection during his early days of crime. Before he became the notorious, before he became notorious of the Black Panther, he sought under a variety of nicknames such as the Phantom and and Handy Andy. Is his name <laughs> His name's Donald, right? I know. Who came up with nicknames in the, around this time? Did he's coming up with these? I don't know. To confuse the police, he had, he adopted a different mo every few weeks. For example, he would steal the radio from each house and abandon it nearby. Um, when that pattern of behavior was established, he would drop it and do something else. Ah, that's what they did in Home Alone. But I did it. They did it for different reasons. Oh. They did it to get the nicknames. They were like, "Now we're the Wet Bandits," <laughs> and they turn all the faucets oh, on before yeah. they leave. Or the, now we're the Sticky Bandits, and they wear sticky gloves. So, um, proceeds from simple housebreaking were low. However, at, after stealing guns and ammunition from a house in Cheshire, he upped his criminal activity, which result, which resulted in his turning to robbing small post offices. Damn. Yes. The story was made for you. Yes, I know, right? Um, robbing small post offices. Nielsen committed 18... Do y'all keep money at the post office? It's money at the post office, yeah. Okay. Good to know. What you mean, good to know? What? Go ahead, man. Continue your story. Nielsen committed 18 such crimes between 1971 and 1974. His crimes became progressively more violent as he sought to protect himself from occupants prepared to resist and defend their property. Yeah. 
In February 1972, he gained entry to a sub-post sub office in Rock, Rockdale Road, Haywood Lancashire. That's it's just somewhere in, in, in England or whatever it We're is. We're not responsible know. for yeah, getting that so, 100% right. So um, during, it says, he gained entry in his post office during the nighttime. So mm-hmm. he, he broke into it at night. Leslie Richardson, the postmaster, and the postmaster is like, um, uh, it's like a... Like the manager? It's like manager, but it's like a district manager. They, oh, they, they run, okay. They run, they run like the post several office. post office yeah, they run spots. All, so it's like, for us, it's one, one postmaster for the Baltimore cluster. Okay. Yeah. City or county? Um, both. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot of post offices. Yeah. Oh, so this guy, this is a big job. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Leslie Richardson, the postmaster, and his and his wife woke up to find a hood a hooded man in their bathroom. Richardson leaped out of bed to tackle the intruder while his wife phoned the police. During the struggle, Nielsen showed Richardson his his sawn off shotgun and snapped into a fake fake West Indian accent. I looked up fake West. In- I looked up West Indian accent. I was going to try to, but I'm not going to embarrass myself. It's like it's like that, it's, that's how it's like it's almost Jamaican. That's, I know, yeah, Gu- I know. Like Guyana's West Indian. Yeah. So Les <laughs> Les does a really good West Indian. I wish you. He I used wish to he talk. Here. He he, he talked. He's like someone's like, what are you doing here? Right. Yeah. What yeah. Are you fi-? He, this white guy named Donald <laughs> Nappy did that. Yes. And wait, so the postmaster lives at the post office? I I, I guess so. Like a firehouse. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe that's one of the perks of being a postmaster. You get free lodging. Maybe that's how it is in, in England. I don't know. Yeah, not your. Not here. There's no bed at your post office. <laughs> no. Oh, okay, cool. So uh, this guy bust, busts in with a shotgun. He's like, "Why are you doing here? I'm, I mean, I'm lost." Yeah, he what was. His, his, he in the accent. He said, "This is loaded." That's what he said in that. that oh, he had the gun. Yes. No. 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 This is this is Nielsen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Nielsen had. The yeah, gun. Nielsen had. So the gun. Nielsen pulled the gun out on the postmaster. Yeah. It was like I got a loaded shotgun here. Yeah. That's what I'm he finna said. bust one. <laughs> Boom. Uh, yeah, so Richardson saw the gun, saw the gun pointed up and the what, pointing up at the ceiling, and there was no danger of anyone being shot. So I'm guessing when did he tried to he tried to uh, lunge at him? Lunge at him, yeah. That's a big guess to be like, well, yeah. he's got it pointed up at the sky. <laughs> There's no way he could point it at me in time. For, Fuck that. By the time I get over there, I'd be like. I'd take he more of a chance that, at running. He bring that thing a little bit. Yeah. That's a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> he spray you. He blow your head off. You fuck you think your house or something? Like do a fucking Sherlock Holmes? Like, mm, let's see. It's at 90 <laughs> degrees at the ceiling. By the time I get in this circle, he could never bring the gun down towards me. So I'm going to attack. That's dumb, but hey. Um, he said, uh, he snapped back and he said, we'll find out if it's loaded. And pulled the trigger himself. Blasted two holes in the ceiling, so he shot. He ended up shooting the ceiling. Blasted two holes in the ceiling. The fight continued, and Richardson managed to pull Nielsen's hood off. <clears throat> pulled his black hood off. Nielsen stomped on Richardson's feet. Oh, <laughs> Richardson's feet breaking several toes oh. and need him in the growing. Um, as Richardson collapsed to the floor, Nielsen made his es- escape empty-handed. So he got nothing out of this. I think he uh, likes. He gets a thrill. He, I, I mean, because he's been a petty that criminal. Was close. Yeah, I mean. But up to this point, he's done like 400 BNEs, <laughs> all for like getting a little bit of money at a time. And then he almost had to kill somebody. Yeah. I don't think he, he didn't want to kill him. So he was like, stand on his feet. He must have stomped the shit out of his toes. Yeah, he must he have must had, had, like, had no boot, shoes on. Boots on. Or something. <laughs> yeah, he, well, he just walked out of, out of bed. He <laughs> right. was the most vulnerable ever. Like, he got no, probably had no socks on. He might have stamped one of his toenails off. He stomped on his foot, then kicked him in the nuts. Damn. Fresh awake, too? That's extra hurt. <laughs> Uh, so Richardson gave <clears throat> Richardson gave police a description of his masked intruder. 
which turned out to be inaccurate in many respects. Probably like, he's black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, several other f- uh, photos of Nielsen were similarly was sim- similarly what similarly similarly up unhelpful to the police, but one made by the sub postmistress by um made by the sub postmistress Margaret Graylin was extremely accurate. So she was just in the background watching the whole thing and had an accurate description of the dude. Probably doing that and trying to call on the phone calling yeah. the police. This dude's in a fight. I, I don't blame him. You got a guy <laughs> with a gun pointed at him. Can't give a description of his face accurately. Right. After kicking me in the nuts. Oh, yeah. Everything goes blurry yeah, after right. that. That's just facts. So Nielsen's first three murders occurred in 1974. During the post office robberies, he shot dead two postmasters. He was just going off. So he just, he went after once he upgraded <laughs> to post offices, he only robbed post offices and he was yeah. just taking out postmasters. Right, yeah. Jeez. He shot dead two postmasters and the husband of a post of a sub postmistress as well as a what? As as well as brutally battering sub postmistress Margaret Graylin. Does the male hierarchy work like that here in America? I don't think so. I've never heard it. I've never even heard of that before. You get that title? <laughs> just the wife of a guy that works at the post. Right. Like, I'm the postmistress. Right. <laughs> you got like a fur coat on. It's like a big that's a big deal that you're right. the postmistress. What are you supposed to be the first first post lady or something? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> oh my god, is that the postmistress? Everybody clears the way when she walks down the street. Right. Um so he killed Donald Skipper in Harrogate in February 1974. Derek Aston and Baxadin in September 1974, and Sydney Grayland in Langley West Midlands during the during November 1974. The Baxter murder gang Nielsen the nickname the Black Panther. When during the interview with a local television reporter, Aston's wife Marion described her husband's killer as so quick he was like a panther. That's where he got the name from. I mean, I mean, Black Panther just came out this year, <laughs> so I got Panther on the brain. But if this movie hadn't come out, maybe Cheetah, Ninja, right. quick, qu- you're quick as a panther. That's the first <laughs> thing you think of is quick. Whatever. So he was the panther, and then he they were the, like the Black Panther. Yep, and he stuck with that. Yep. So alluding to the killer's dark clothing, um, the enterprising report ended his his piece by asking, "Where is the Black Panther?" And the nickname stuck. Incredible. He was linked to the post office shootings when he shot security guard girl Gerald. Gerald Smith six times while checking a ransom trail. Jeez. Forensics showed the bullets were fired from from the same twenty two LR pistol used to murder both Aston, Dirk Aston, and Sidney Grayland. On January fourth of nineteen seventy five, Nielsen kidnapped seventy year old Leslie Whittle. Was she the post the first person? No, daughter? she had she ain't nothing oh, to do okay. yet. Um, yeah, seventeen year old Leslie Whittle, who was who was his youngest victim and the daughter of George Whittle. George Whittle was the founder of Whittle Coaches, which is a popular coach bus service in the UK, which is like like, like the Mega Bus. Like the Mega oh, it's like Mega Bus, yeah. okay. So, so after, he thought he was going to get ransom or something? I'm about to get to that. Okay, cool. After reading about the family dispute over George's will, that he left his fortune to his mistress and their children, Ronald that's and cold. Leslie. cold. Yep. That's cold-blooded. And three years of, three years of planning. So, all right, so he read about this. This whole thing in an article, and he planned this whole thing for three years. Well, yeah, if you're gonna come after the the heiress of the Whittle bus right. coach fortune, you gotta plan <laughs> it out right. Right, this is a heist. Uh, so three years of planning, Nielsen entered the Whittle family home in Highland, Shropshire, Sh- Sh- whatever that is, Shropshire, Shro- and kidnapped Leslie from her bedroom. 
Nielsen calculated that the family would not materially miss 50,000 pounds, 15,000 British pounds, which is 70,000, 70,263 dollars, U.S. dollars, okay, um, of their fortune. So, and so made a subsequent demand in a note left at the family home for that sum. A series of police bungles and other bungles and other circumstances meant that Widow's brother Ronald was unable to deliver the ransom money to the actual place and time demanded and time demanded by the kidnapper. He was or he wasn't? He wasn't. Okay. So Widow's body was found on March seventh, nineteen seventy five. Oh, this dude is this dude doesn't play around. Well, I'm about to get to it. Um yeah, the body was found on March seventh, nineteen seventy five, hanging from a wire at the bottom of a drainage shaft where he had tethered her in Bathpool Park in Staffordshire. Mm. The subsequent post-mortem examination showed that Whittle had not in fact not in fact died slowly from her strangulations, but inst- instantaneously from um, vagal inhib- inhibition. From what? Um, vagal inhibition, which is it? I'm about to, I'm about to school you real quick. Oh, school me, please. Which is the 10th um, carnival which is the tenth carnival nerve that is in the brain and is connected to the nervous system, the nervous system which controls the heart, lungs, and digestive tract. So she had like an aneurysm. Uh, uh, I guess you could say that. Like her something something went wrong and he didn't do anything. Is what you're saying? No, it's like she something just happened in her brain. And yeah, she died yeah, instantly. Yeah, it was like I, I, it's like a nerve because it's like. She got strangled, but it wasn't just it wasn't just that. I, I I'll let you know. Okay. So the shock of the fall had caused her heart to stop beating. Gilbert Gray, the defense, talked about how Widow could have possibly survived that fall off the ledge. So what happened was they saying when she fell off this ledge, uh huh, from the gap from from the ledge of where she fell off and the wire, I guess it was a wire to go across. Uh huh. It was a mistake that she got caught on that on that. On that oh, wire. she was supposed to just hit the ground. She's supposed to just hit the ground, but they saying that based on how tall she was, that's how she got connected to the wire. But if she if she was shorter, then she, she would have survived that fall. Oh, right. But they saying that. Oh, so if she just would have hit the ground, the fall wasn't that. It wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't that, that big of a no, deal. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she said she fell. She fell on her own and hanged herself, and her feet was inches from the ground. Oh, like she like she ran from him. Right. And fell off a cliff. Yeah. Oh. So it says he asked the jury why Nelson bothered to keep her alive once he had recorded the ransom message, saying he could have simply clubbed her to death and hidden the body in the woodland. Gray finished his speech by saying, "I submit that when Leslie Whittle went over that platform, platform it was, it was unlooked for. It was unlooked for mess. What's say? Unlooked for a misadventure, unplanned and undesired. Nielsen started something that." went hendously wrong. So it, when I read this it was like it's basically it was a mistake. He yeah. didn't mean he didn't mean to he 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 was just trying to get some money right. and then and she found went, a way to get us away right. and, and jumped off. Wrong. Yep. And she it was just a freak accident. Yep, yep exactly. But he did kidnap a person. Yes. He but did. he didn't he wasn't trying to kill her. No. But he did also before this kill three people. Right. Okay. So I don't feel bad for him. Right. I put that in perspective because I was like, oh, man, this sounds like a comedy movie. Like you were trying to like a dark comedy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was trying to just get some money. The person ran away. They tripped, fell, fell on their neck or whatever. So basically he was like the defense was saying that it was just she it was unlucky on her part. Yeah. And 
it's like you can't blame him because it wasn't his fault that she hung herself. Yeah, but again, that whole lawyer thing. It's right, like you know right. how gross of a lawyer you sound like where she's like, Look, man, this guy was just trying to get some money. She killed herself. Right. Is what really happened. Right. It was and a freak if, accident. And if she was shorter, she wouldn't have got caught on that wire and hung herself. Yeah. So just don't don't charge him with this. She yeah. killed herself. What? <laughs> So in December 1975, two police officers, Tony White and Stuart McKenzie, were in a were in a panda car, which is a marked British police car, black and white. Yeah. Um, in a side road, keeping a watch on the main A60 um, trunk road leading out to Mansfield in the North Nottinghamshire. This these these areas. Don't crazy. stress them. We don't live um, there. When they spotted a small wiry small wiry man scurrying by scurrying by what scurrying by carrying a Hold all, you know what that is? H O L D A L L? I don't know. Of H O L D L L? H O L D A L L. A hold all? Yeah. Uh-huh. Me either. Um, as he passed the police car here, he averted his face, drawing McKenzie's attention. Like, what? Just be cool. Right. <laughs> I never understand that in movies people when like, people are like, the police are coming in, like, I'm going to put my ball cap <laughs> over my eyes more. Right. That doesn't look so. Or I'm going to put my hoodie up. You're going to walk past two by. policemen and then dry hide your face. <laughs> like, walk. I, if it was me, I'd like be extra like loud. Like, right. oh, pick, answer the phone like, hey, honey, yeah, I'll be home soon. Right. Like, I'm not going to be like, make it normal. Make oh, it look God. right. Exactly. Cover my face. That's why you fucked up. Um, as a matter of routine, they called him over to question him. The man said he was on his way home from work. Then, then produced a saw, <laughs> then pulled out his, saw, his shotgun from the uh from the holder, I need to look up what this is. It must be like a purse or like yeah. a bag of some okay. kind. Yeah, it might be like a bag. It must be like um, some kind of bag. So he put out his shotgun. He ordered White into the back of the car. So he took over this whole thing. So he didn't even give him a chance to. He, I'm just coming from work. Okay, um, what I need time you did you get up. off? Get up! Right, <laughs> get in the back of the car now. <laughs> so he just took over. He just took these police hostages and just Jesus took Christ. over this whole thing immediately. I don't think he was like playing, like. Fuck. Oh, where do you work? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, get in the fucking back of the. <laughs> they got the notepad out. They're like, what's going on? All confused and shit. <laughs> so he ordered White in the back of the car. The police, the policeman opened the door, the car door, but the gunman, the gunman snapped. No time for that. Climb the seat. The officer did so with. <laughs> the officer did did that, and the gunman settled himself in the passenger seat, jamming the gun, jamming the gun into McKenzie's armpit. He ordered them to drive to Rainworth, six miles away. He told them to not look at him. This presented McKenzie with a problem. Gently, he explained to the gunman that they were going the wrong way and he would have to turn the car around. The gunman agreed, the gunman agreed but warned both officers if they, was, they would try any tricks, they would both be dead. Mm. As they was driving along Southwell Road, the gunman asked if they had any rope. As White... As White pretended to look, McKenzie reached a junction in the road, turning the stern wheel violently one way, then the other. He asked, which way, left or right? Calling the gunman to look toward the road ahead, White saw the gun drop a few inches and realized it was his chance. These guys in, in England make some <laughs> bold calculations. Like, yeah, he dropped the gun a little bit, so this is my time. Hey, man, life or death. That's a good point. <laughs> he pushed the gun towards McKenzie's, um, towards McKenzie's, stomped on the and stomped on the brake. They screeched to a halt outside the Junction Chip Shop in Rain and uh, Rainworth. The gun went off, grazing White's hand. McKenzie fell out of the driver's seat, banging his head on the road. 
He staggered to his feet and ran toward ran towards the fish and chip shop screaming for help. Wait, when did he become Mackenzie? It's two people. The cops. Yeah. So the the cop the one the other the one cop's name white, is Mackenzie. One of them was white, one of them was Mackenzie. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, okay. So Mackenzie got shot just in the uh, commotion. Or he fell Mackenzie fell out and banged his no, head. No, white bank. No, white White got shot in the hand. In the hand. And Mackenzie fell, fell out the car. Fell out the car. Yeah. Okay, cool. So two men, Roy Morris and Keith Wood, ran from the queue outside the chip shop and helped overpower Nielsen. Wood subdued the gunman with a blow to the neck before Morris grabbed his wrist and held them Damn. Um, for White to snap on the handcuffs. He throat chopped him? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Jesus the, Christ. the locals attacked him so severely that in the end, police had to protect him. Oh, it was whooping his ass. No, because you know what happened was somebody was like, Hey, oi, I think that's the Black Panther. <laughs> Get him! Back up with spears and shit. <laughs> oh shit! All it takes is one person to get everybody's <laughs> confidence going. One one person hit the person. It's like everybody fuck him up. Right? Yeah, they went on. And then they it was a picture. They have a picture also. You you can post it if you want. His his shit was fucked up. His oh, eye yeah. was all like red and shit. It's oh, crazy. Shit, I'm gonna look it up. Um, they hauled Nielsen to the iron railings at the side of the bus stop and handcuffed him before before calling for backup. In the subsequent. Um, investigation. Nielsen fingerprints were found to match one of those in the drain shaft. That's where he had um, Whittle, the little girl. Oh. And to interview in Kids Grove Police Station when he confessed to the, ki- to the kidnap of Whittle, Nielsen gave an 18-page statement. Damn. During his trial at Oxford Crown Court, Nielsen's defense lawyer, Gilbert Gray, contended that Whittle had accidentally fallen from the ledge and had hanged herself. Mm-hmm. And that Nielsen had fed her Okay, so he was saying... I treated I'm, her good, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nielsen had I'm fed sure her chicken good. soup, spaghetti and meatballs, and brought her fish and chips, chicken legs, and polo mints. These claims were contested by the, the prosecution as lies. <laughs> <laughs> Nielsen had provided his victims with, with a sleeping bag des, um, designed to prevent hypothermia, mm-hmm. mattresses, survival blankets, and survival bags, and a bottle of brandy. Six... Six paper, <laughs> six paperback books, and a copy of Times of the Times and two magazines for reading. A small puzzle and two brightly colored napkins. So it's somewhere in the middle. He's saying I treated them, <laughs> I treated them like they were at a five star like, hotel. Like she's goddamn royalty. And the prosecution's like, look, man. I mean, you didn't treat her like shit, but it wasn't that good, right? He's like you got her some, you got her some books and a sleeping bag. You didn't give her fucking. <laughs> creme brulee and <laughs> chicken noodle soup right and all that shit. so it was somewhere in the middle so he didn't but even with that prosecution coming back with that they still are saying he didn't treat her bad right like she had a bed and he get, he got her things to read uh-huh. that's a considerate thing to do even still he still kidnapped her like he's still his intent yeah. was still to get money right exactly but he wasn't like he didn't have her tortured in a room right. somewhere um they said these items were found in the shaft and in the subterranean canal running below running below it by the police mm-hmm in July of 1976, Nielsen was convicted of kidnapped and murder of Leslie Whittle. So they charged him for that shit. Yeah, of course. Um, for which he was giving a life sentence. Three weeks later, he was convicted of the murder of two postmasters and the husband of a postmistress. Um, in total, Nielsen received five life sentences. Mm. The judge also gave Nielsen a further 61 years, um, 21 years for kidnapping, kidnapping Leslie Whittle, and 10 years for blackmailing her mother. Um, three further sentences for 10 years... <laughs> Were what? each what? imposed for the two burglary charges from which he stole guns and ammunition and for pos- possessing the sawn-off shotgun with intent to endanger life. All the sentences uh, were run concurrently. 
the judge told Nielsen that um, for his crimes put him in a glad a class apart from all others from almost all of other convicted murders in recent years. I mean, he wasn't that bad. Yeah, I don't. Th- I think it's a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Nielsen was found not guilty of the attempt of murder of the supple Mrs. Margaret Greeland. That was, I think, that was one of the first. I think that was. Uh, the wife of the the guy he stepped on her toes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Tony White. Uh, I think was it Tony White's name? So p- the police, Tony White. Um, guilty of lesser alternative charges, inflicting grievous bodily harm on Mrs. Grayland and possessing a shotgun with the intent to endangering life at Mansfield. A charge of attempting to murder security guard um, named Jarlin S- Gerald Smith, whom he shot six times while checking the Whittle Ransom trial, mm. trail, um, was pursued due to legal complications um, because Smith had died more than a year and a day after being shot. So he didn't get charged for that, mm. for shooting that guy. Um yeah, so according to Harry Hawks, when Donald Nielsen was first caught in Mansfield, his wife, Irene, became worried when he failed to return home. So Irene burned 50 postal orders in their call fire. Police noted, noticed that charred remains within a chimney when the house was later searched. Irene was later convicted of cashing over 80 stolen postal orders from one of the post office, one of the post office raids. Scandal. Yeah. So she was arrested, but she was released for good behavior after nine months. He appealed in 2008. Obviously, was denied. Um, in the early years, uh, in the early hours of, of December 17th of 2011, Nielsen was taken to the Norwich Prison, um, with Norwich Prison, Norfolk, Norwich University Hospital, with breathing breathing complications. He was pronounced dead the next day. Yeah, I mean, he had to be like what 80, probably. Yeah. So Nielsen life. So Nielsen's life and crimes was portrayed in the nineteen seventy seven British film The Black Panther. And what? yeah, so they had their own little film, yeah. So that was Donald Nielsen. I uh don't like that he's called the Black Panther. <laughs> I don't like that there's a movie called The Black Panther about a burglar who didn't like that his last name was Nappy. I don't think like in Jack Jack the Ripper's from England. So for mm-hmm. them to be like this guy put him in the category all his own. I mean, right. he's like a murder burglar. Right. You know, like, uh, I mean, he killed people. That's awful. Mm. That's terrible. People died. That's bad. But he wasn't, like, diabolical. Like, he was yeah, trying to get like, money. Right. Like, he was, it right. was, he's a robber, you know? He killed people, but then he tried to kidnap a, a wealthy family's daughter. Yeah, he's a scammer. And it went wrong. Yeah, I mean, essentially, he's a scammer, you know? Like, right. Um, but, you know, shout out to uh, Doug Nielsen? Donald Nielsen. Shout out to Donald Nielsen. Um, A.K.A. the Black Panther. A.K.A. <laughs> AKA the Black Panther. A.K.A. Donald Nappy. A- yeah, you know what? Shout out to Donald Nappy. You know what? You didn't like being called Nappy. <laughs> I'm going to call you Donald Nappy, you nappy-headed hoe. <laughs> so, shout out to Donald Nappy. Any descendants of the Nappy family tree, um, your ancestor was a piece of shit. But not he won't he won't go down in history, you know. Nah. It's kind of for, it of wasn't a, for he's a forgettable guy. Yeah. This guy isn't notorious, no and, and and good. I'm glad. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like we're we're telling the story here and everything, but like I'm glad that he 
he doesn't deserve to be notorious. He's a he's a petty criminal mm-hmm. who did some stupid shit and people died for it and he shouldn't be remembered. We should focus on the victims. I'm hope I hope that those people have pictures of their grandparents or whatever those people were, those those victims, postmasters and postmistresses, you know, honor those people like they did in the movie Coco, a great film, and honor them and put their pictures out and every, you know, Dia de los Muertos your family will cross over and enjoy, you know, being t- uh, around you guys, and you guys will feel their presence. But Donald Nappy won't get to come over on Dio De Los Muertos. He don't get to cross over <laughs> and enjoy his family, because fuck him. But also, George Whittle, I ain't letting you off the hook, brother. George Whittle was the, the oh, founder he, of the he bus. he gave his money to the, his mistress? His mistress, and their kids, and, and their the ki- kids, the, his, and his, 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 his bastard kids. Yeah. That's cold, bro. That's <laughs> cold, man. That's legit cold. That's like... That's scandalous, man. <laughs> that is gross. We not letting you off the hook, brother. Yeah, George Whittle, man. Hey, any, <laughs> any listeners that we have who might be in the England area, ride Greyhound, man. Fuck the Whittle coach. Don't ride Whittle coach. We don't respect infidelity, and we definitely don't respect giving over the giving over the check to the side piece. The whole will. The whole will, bro. You gave over your you gave over the whole <laughs> Whittle fortune to your mistress, right. bro. Come on, bro. That's cold, man. That's nah. You don't, you don't, you don't do, you don't, you don't do wifey like that. Even if times was hard, man, you gotta look out for wifey and cool. the original family. That's cool. Can't have your family down the street living, living the widow life. They're not even supposed to have the widow name. No, that's secret family. They don't get the widow name. This lady get to walk around with the widow name and the widow fortune yeah. and didn't put in the time. She wasn't with you when you only had one bus. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, fuck Eric Whittle, George. George Whittle, fuck, yep. fuck George Whittle, you know that was gross what you did and super fuck uh, Donald Nappy, uh, but uh, I I did enjoy that story very much. That was Friends Affirmative Murder, the story of Donald Nappy. Um, we're gonna take another quick break and when we come back, it's my turn to tell you my affirmative murder. So stick around. All right, folks, we're back. And remember, if you have not gone onto uh, iTunes and left us a review of some type. You know, we would very much appreciate it if you did that. Again, it is not for our egos. It is just the weird algorithm algorithm of Apple Podcasts. What I will say, however, is if we could please just listen. Fran's great, but let's just let you guys don't know what you're doing over here. Okay, during the break, Fran is now wearing an entire scarf and sunglasses and a fur coat. And he won't make direct eye contact with me. So let's just, let's keep Fran humble, man. Hashtag keep Fran humble. Let's stop boosting up his ego. Let's keep the comments, you know, just like you guys are doing great. We don't need to say all praise the almighty Fran. Uh, We don't need to say, you know, hail to Fran the God. No more of that. We don't need any more of that. I don't, I don't need any more of that because I have to do a show with this man. Yes, we do. and, And as I said, he currently is wearing his scarf in a very weird tie. I've never seen a scarf tied this way. He's wearing circular sunglasses and a fur coat, and he won't even look me in my eyes. Now, could you please look me in my eyes as I tell you that my affirmative murder for this week? Maybe. Okay. Well, my affirmative murder this week is the story of Madame LaLaurie, the mad woman of New Orleans. Okay. Yes. Um, and this woman is famous for a lot of reasons. None of them good. New Orleans. Okay. Yeah, New Orleans. Very French. Nolans. French quarters of New Orleans. So it's New Orleans. Uh, Does Popeye's come up in his story anytime? It better fucking not. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Delphine LaLaurie 
was the daughter of an Irish immigrant, of an Irish immigrant father who settled in New Orleans during the French colonial period. Her parents were important members of the local community. And Delphine's cousin was the mayor of the city from 1815 to 1820. An attractive woman, Delphine married well, three times. Her husbands included a Spanish royal officer, an important local banker, and a mm. physician, Louis LaLaurie. So no he's relation. A, these are like um, pretty wealthy guys, I would say. Oh, yeah. It's New Orleans, baby. Yeah. They all, you know, high fidelity, the upper echelon of the town. I've never been there, so. Uh, I don't want to go. It's very voodoo-filled, and this story itself is um, actually gives you the imagery of some of the reasons I don't want to go. But okay. I hear great things, so I probably okay. will end up going at some point, but I have the heebies about the town. Okay. It just gives me the heebie-jeebies a bit. Um, but yeah, her last husband, his name was Louis Louis Lalaurie, mm -hmm. but no relation. That was her bait. That was her maiden name. Right. But he's fr he's from France, and it's a French name. They just happen to have the same last name. I like that. So she got her name back when she got married. Oh, okay. Uh, the good doctor brought a new title to the socialite. She became the mistress of a house full of slaves. Even though the marriage was a good scenario for in for many women at the time, the lovely aristocrat was unusually independent. In fact, she had her own business and wealth, and she insisted in she insisted on managing her own affairs. So basically, she was like, you know, you know, all my women who are independent, throw your hands up at me. Mm -hmm. You know, full on Beyonce. Feminism is alive and well in the 1800s, and it started with Delphine LaLaurie. She was mm -hmm. like, I got my own money, I got my own business. I I just need dick. You know, <laughs> yeah, basically, basically yeah. you know, we're married. That's what we're. I'm, I like you're here because I like you. you uh -huh. You're young. You're a young man. You got money, but I don't need your money. I got my own money. Right. This is. I bet this is how Oprah started talking to Stedman initially, but you know he checked her because mm -hmm. Stedman don't play that. Um. No one knew that those affairs included. So yeah. So when it says she had her own affairs, no one knew that those affairs those affairs included torturing and murdering the slaves of her household. Oh. Those most the through most official reports. Wait, oh, though though most official reports claim that she was di she was directly responsible for the torture deaths of four slaves, mm. many believe it may have been Sleep. more than that. Her actions make her one of the most notorious female serial killers in American history. Mm. In 1831, Madame LaLaurie purchased a three-story mansion at 1140 Royal Street in the French Quarter, and the building Whoa. is still there to this day. So you can go to this building, and you'll, yeah. you'll understand. Have you looked at pictures of it? Oh, yeah. You'll yeah. understand why it's a big deal when I tell you what happened in this, in okay. this building. Send it to me when you check. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> As many society women did at the time, Madame LaLaurie kept slaves. Most of the city was shocked at how polite she was to them showing them kindness in public, and even setting two of them free in 1819 and in 1832. However, soon rumors began to spread that the politeness exhibited in public may have been an act. The rumors turned out to be true. Though New Orleans had laws, unlike most of the southern states, that protected, and I put that in quotes, slaves from unusual, unusually cruel punishment, the conditions at the Lullery Mansion were far from adequate. And the reason I put that in quotes is obviously because being a slave is cruel, cruel, cruel punishment. Right. So saying that you had she had slaves, they wasn't maids. No, it's eighteen hundreds, man. Slave. Yeah. Oh, eighteen hundred. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay, yeah, 18, I'm sorry. We're in the eighteen okay, hundreds, man. Yeah, of course she had slaves. Was she gonna pay them? I'm sorry. That would mean that they're human. <laughs> they're not human. They're slaves. Um, are they black slaves? 
Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it was 1800s. Shit was rough. And, you know, but New Orleans had uh, better rules than most southern states at the time Mm -hmm. as far as you can't torture your slaves. You can only correct them, you know, within the within the lines of what is, you know, you can beat them, but you can't beat them excessively. Who's going to stop them from doing that? I don't know. Exactly. I don't know who. It's one of those. It's one of those laws where it's like it's like jaywalking. Where it's like, I mean, is it a law? Yeah. Could a cop come up and give you a fine? Yeah. yeah but if they but, did, you'd be uh, like, Are you really what? Really? Are you gonna give me a so ticket gonna, for this? You're gonna be a dick for walk across the street. And they'd say that while you had your foot in the mouth of a slave. They'd be like, really, <laughs> really, Bill, you're gonna give me a citation? It's a nigger. That's oh. what. Well, you know, that's I'm putting you in the I'm putting you in the time. Okay, I appreciate I'm just putting that. Putting you there. I'm giving you the imagery. Um, yeah. So her slave quarters were far from adequate. Uh, there were there were rumors that she kept her 70 year old cook chained to the stove, starving. There were others that she there were other rumors that she was keeping secret slaves for her doctor husband to practice Haitian voodoo medicine on. Oh, there okay. were other report. Oh yeah. There were other reports that her cruelty extended to her daughters, that she would punish and whip them if they tried to help the slaves in any way. So she whipped the compassion out of her children. She was like, we don't, these aren't humans. They're three fifths of a human. And if I see you trying to give them water or being kind to them or helping them with their wounds, I will beat you because that's not how we treat slaves in this house. Wow. Yes. So she's beating her kids for them trying to be. If they show any hint of compassion to that's a slave. That's crazy. I mean, this is, these are the times we lived in. And this is one person, but this woman isn't one in a million. She this played. was a there was a there was a Madame Lorin, uh, Madame Delphine in every city and every state in this country at this time, male or female. She played so, no games. But this, she's one of the most notorious ones because mm-hmm. of the stuff I'm about to get into. Um, but there there was no slaves that like had it good, you know. Um, one of my one of the things that gets me most infuriated. Is, I thought you best see one of my friends. One of my friends was a slave. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> one of the things that gets me most infuriated is um, there's a clip of Bill O'Reilly debating. It might have been John Stewart. I can't remember. And he was no, he wasn't even debating anybody. He was just Michelle Obama did a speech, mm-hmm. and she said that we live. Me and my husband live in a house that was built by slaves. Just Who said like, this? Michelle Obama. Okay. Just to kind of put it in perspective, when you hear right. a black woman say that, the first black first lady be like, you know, we live in this. I mean, this country is built on slavery, and this house that we all is the the on our money right. was built by slaves, right? You know, and I thought that was a very powerful thing to say mm-hmm. in a speech. And Bill O'Reilly goes, "Yes, the house was built by slaves, but those those slaves that built the house, they were treated very well. You know, they were given food and what. It's like, what are you what are you saying, right. man? Like, <laughs> like that. But but that's I'm I'm not here to attack Fox News, but some. A lot of times, Fox News will do shit like that just mm-hmm. to be contrarian and mm-hmm. and and just. Why? I don't even. I don't even think you can say that word in the same sentence of. Yeah, slaves were treated well. Right. Like, and he said it with a straight face. Like, yes, the house was built by slaves, but many of them were treated very nice, and you know they were fed good and cared for very well. We're talking about slaves, man. Just it was a good line in a speech. Why mm-hmm. do you have to go? Yeah, she's being a little overdramatic though. Those particular slaves weren't like slave slaves. How would he know? He wouldn't know. None of us know. <laughs> right. People say things like that. Like, like, my grandfather, he fought in the war, you know, for the Confederate side, but he mm-hmm. just loved his country. Your, your grandfather was probably a big-ass racist. You don't know. <laughs> you didn't meet him. Right. I just, I don't like when people make speculations about stuff that the consensus would be like, okay, you know, you can say whatever the Confederate war was over, but a big part of the Confederate war was to keep 
slavery in place. So you're going to say, no, but my grandfather wasn't racist. He just had pride for his country. Mm. But like when you look at the, like the reasons of why that war happened, how can you say this like your your grandfather was this person? Mm-hmm. That would be like if I said, yeah, you know, I mean, Nazis were bad technically, but my grandfather just lived in Germany. He he wasn't like a Nazi Nazi. He just wore the stuff so he wouldn't get in trouble. Like what? It's like, no, nah, man, like the consensus <laughs> is everybody was kind of on board for the whole Nazi thing. Right. So don't try to, because it's you got people, you got stakes in it. Don't mm-hmm. go like, yeah, but, but no, but my grandfather wasn't like that. Right. He just was a doctor that right. lived there. It's like, no, nah, like your grandfather was probably a piece of shit Nazi. Like the odds are in this time, you know, most yeah, likely. Yeah, Madame Lori, Madame La Lori, she was fucked up. But right. like, you know, the guy down the street from her, I'm sure wasn't like, hey man, you shouldn't have slaves. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if we're playing odds, the odds aren't strong mm-hmm. that like she was the only person who hated black people and was right. a slave owner in New Orleans in the 1800s. Right. The like, odds are pretty like low. Like you, you treat. I think you treat them too bad. Yeah, like it was one person like, shut up, Bill. <laughs> you know, I treat my slaves how I want. Right. Uh, that's crazy. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go into some examples of okay. Her, her. Sorry, wit, her, I mean sweet, sweet tarts. Anybody hear the, the, the crackling? Sorry. Do you, man? Uh, yeah. So yeah, like I said, there were rumors that she kept her slave, uh, her 70 year old cook, tied to the stove, and that they were doing um, Haitian voodoo experiments on some of the bodies. Um, and there were other reports that her cruelty. Ex- Cruelty, yeah, I said that. The daughters. She would whip her daughters if they were nice to slaves. Mm -hmm. Just catching back up. All right, so we got all that. Other stories included a man who was so scared of punishment that he threw himself out of a third-story window, choosing to die rather than be subjected to Madame LaLaurie's torture. He said, the hell with this. Yeah. I mean, and that's like, that is so... When when, When I heard that, it made me think of the slaves on the slave ships who jumped off the boat because mm-hmm. they were like, I don't, if they're treating us like this on these boats, and how this. I don't even want to know where they're taking us. Right. I'd rather die. And those that's, conditions were Yeah, horrible. so that's a big, like, think about that. Like, whatever she was doing to these people was so bad that they this guy would rather jump off a building. That's crazy. Than to deal with whatever was coming. That's how wicked this woman was. Um... Uh, there was another report that concerned a 12-year-old girl a 12-year-old slave girl named Leah. As Leah was brushing Madame LaLaurie's hair, she pulled a little too hard, causing LaLaurie to fly into a rage and whip the girl. Mm. Like, Wait, this is a daughter? No, this, this is, is a slave, slave girl okay, who right. she had brush her hair. Brush her hair okay. That's the kind of all tasks right. that you know they had slaves do. Um, How many did she have? She yeah. Had? Like the young man before her, the young girl climbed out onto the roof and leaped to her death. Wow. So this was a regular occurrence of like slaves, which and I'll send, I'll, send, I'll show you the picture later. They they have in the, one of the pictures I saw. They have like zoomed in on the window that got boarded up because slaves kept jumping out of the window. Like there's like this is the window where it would happen. This would be cool to see. This this be cool to see this house. I mean, I mean, I don't know about cool. It would probably haunt the shit. I don't I even mean, know if I want to go in. I haven't even. I ain't fin- talking about go in it. I'm yeah, just I haven't even. Like- I haven't even. Fin- <clears throat> I haven't even finished yet. You think? Yeah, but weird. just to see the house and then yeah, know be pretty the back, crazy. The background, to know the, the history, story. right? The exactly. building, the building's still there. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So this girl leaped to her death. Witnesses saw Lalaurie buying the girl's. Lalaurie saw. Oh yeah, witnesses saw Lalaurie burying the girl's corpse, and police were forced to fine her three hundred dollars and make her sell nine of her slaves as punishment. So 
Nine? Damn, how many she got? A stable, man. But Jeez. also the fact that it just, this story when I was reading it, it it made me so angry because to find somebody $300 for torturing people enough that they ki- killed themselves. And then also the second punishment of that is you have to sell nine people. Like you have to let go of some of your assets. Mm-hmm. It, it reminded me of when Donald Sterling said that racist, whatever he said, and they were like, well, you have to sell the Clippers now. Right. It's that kind of thing where it's like, like it's property, you know? I don't, and I don't even know if I necessarily agree with them making that guy sell the team. Mm-hmm. Cause like, just let his t- team fail. Like let people decide whether or not they want to go there. Don't yeah. get him more money. He sold that team for like a billion dollars. Oh yes. So yeah, boohoo, they punished him. Right. But so the fact that that was like, you know what, uh, Delphine, you have to pay a three hundred dollar fine and you have to pick nine slaves to sell as punishment. But check this shit out. This is how fucking, like you said, it's like jaywalking. Mm-hmm. So so, um, so she had to sell nine slaves. However, all the police looked the other way when she purchased them back later on. So she sold them and then just bought them back, you know, a couple weeks later. She got them right back. $300 is nothing to this woman. She's extremely wealthy. And she got her slaves back. So those were the laws back. That's how you got punished for killing people. Killing black people. I'm sorry. You had to give them away, but you got them back anyway. Yeah, got them back. But the police don't follow up. Like, you have to sell them forever. It was like, we sold them. Now we're going to turn our backs and go away. But either and what way, you do after that is your business. Either way, if it was even if it was like wasn't the same slaves, you, she still went and got nine more oh, slaves. Oh, she went and got her specific slaves. Yeah, but right? I'm just saying no. though, if if it was just like you can't get those nine slaves. You got to pick from some you got to pick another yeah. nine. Yeah. But you know what that is? That but that is also a sign of how evil and vindictive she is. Yeah, She's she like, no those, one escapes. I want those back. No yeah. one escapes from yeah, me. Yeah. I, you don't get to escape from me. So that's how that's the kind of woman we're dealing with here. Mm. Could you um open that door? Um, the the kitten is trying to oh. get out. Sorry, Theo. Theodore, go handle your business, bud. Should I keep it open? Or? Yeah, you can leave it cracked. All right, cool. Um, so after Leah's death, the slave girl who brushed her hair, the locals began to doubt. Lori, La Lori, even more than they already were. I don't know what that means. I guess, e- I guess, even by uh, slavery time standards, they were like, "You're doing too much. Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're evil." I mean, uh, we uh. own we own slaves, and they do our work for us. But like, we don't like torture them. Right. That's too much. So even so, in a time full of pieces piece of shit people, she was the biggest piece of shit. And all the other pieces of shit thought she stank. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say I understand what they're saying because it's like, I, f- I feel like they're saying like, okay, we got slaves and like you said, we make them do our work, our, our hard our hard on work, yeah. labor, but we don't Even like beat, them, yeah. beat them because they mopped the floor wrong or yeah. some crazy shit like that. We're not doing like biblical shit. I, mean, I haven't even gotten it. It's some crazy shit. Oh, There's more shit. crazy shit coming. Okay. So, um. Uh, so uh, everybody had already um, started to doubt, you know, her intentions and mm-hmm. that she was a good person, those kind of stuff. So when the fire broke out, no one was surprised. So there was a fire that broke out at her mansion. Okay. Uh, and no one was surprised that the slaves were the last to be found. There was nothing. There was nothing that could prepare them for what they found inside the house. So basically, Whoa. there was a fire in the mansion, and and none of the slaves got out. Wow, I wish she boarded up all the windows and doors uh, and shit. I, I didn't I didn't go that into into detail, but oh. a lot Oh no, actually no. There is details on the why. Oh, okay. the, so I'm not gonna say none of the slaves got out, but a lot of them didn't get out. Okay. Um 
Yeah. After the slaves were released from the building, a mob of 4,000 angry townspeople ransacked the home, smashing the windows and tearing down doors until almost nothing remained but the outside walls. Though the house still stands on the corner of Royal Street, the whereabouts of Madame LaLaurie are still unknown. After the dust settled, the woman and her driver were missing, assumed to have fled to Paris. However, there was no word of, how, of her ever making it to Paris. Her daughter claimed to have received letters from her, though no one had ever seen them. Some of the horrifying discoveries made the day the LaLaurie house caught fire have become fodder for movies and television. For example, her sick brand of torture... Oh, yeah, well... For example, her sick brand of torture... La, oh, so I'm sorry. For an example of her sick brand of torture, okay. LaLaurie would wrap her slaves' intestines around their own bodies, like a belt. What? She, she would disembowel women and wrap their intestines around them like belts, and then would let their bodies sit and rot. They were already dead, though, I'm guessing. I don't know. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't. Maybe they ended oh, up dying during the that's process. that's gruesome. But... Um, th- where I found out about this woman was um, in a season two of American Horror Story. Uh, American Horror Story Coven did a uh, their their they covered witches in New Orleans, and Kathy Bates played Madame Delphine Lalaurie. Okay, I can't and, watch that show by the way, so I don't even know. Well, I wouldn't watch this. This season's rough because they do have imagery of some of the stuff that she did in the uh, show. I like, can't. I just can't. That show creeps me the fuck out. I yeah, just can't it, watch it's it. pretty creepy. I would say Coven is one of the more creepy seasons that they have, hmm. and it's a big part of it is that they interwove the ghost of Delphine Lalaurie into the show. Wow. And I was and and. You saw it? You watched it? Oh, I watched it. Yeah, it was super. It was very disturbing, but it, this was in the back of my mind. And what happened was, I, I, what I wanted to do this week was, and I couldn't find, like, I wanted to find a slave serial killer. Like, like a slave who went rogue and started killing slave masters, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know why, I just did. I think um, I was thinking about, like, Nat Turner and, like, slave revolts, and I was like, I wanted to do a story like that. Because it's kind of how, you like how, like, you don't, you're not like, fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to kind of do like a um, a morality kind of tale where it's like, yeah, he's killing people, but they, they're they horrible people, right? And I stumbled on the Madame Delphine, mm-hmm. and I remember the name from the American Horror Story, and I knew it was based on a real person, but I didn't do much research after watching American Horror Story. This mm-hmm. was a couple years ago. And then when I started reading the story, I was like, wow, like this this woman really did a lot of the stuff that was in the show. Like, some of the stuff that was in the show was horrible, but they but they showed it. Mm. And you read the stories, and it's like, oh, this isn't, like, a made-up... A writer didn't write this. Like, a woman did this. Is it an episode, or is, like, the whole it's season? It's the whole season. The whole season is about it's witches. About oh, it's about the witches. The whole season is about witches, but they'll flash back to, to her doing <sighs> shit. Excuse me. It's hard to explain. I think she comes back to life. It's a whole thing. I can't remember. Okay. It's, it's, it's It was a couple years ago, but it's pretty crazy. Um. So, yeah, uh... So she would she would tie women's intestines around themselves like a belt and then let them their bodies sit and rot. Uh, LaLaurie also broke one woman's bones so that she would fit in a small cage that was made for dogs. Wow. Another woman found after the fire was was missing both of her arms and legs. Both women were still alive. So basically they walked into this house after the fire was put out and there's a woman stuffed in a dog cage with her bones broken and another woman like tied to a table who didn't have any arms or legs. So they were like just experimenting on black people. And she was like, how does she again? 
I, I can, I can't, I can't even like scratch myself. I don't know. I mean, but, you, the, but that's you can I mean. push somebody into a that shit. But is. but but what it? But for me, what it is, it just even though she's like she's the most evil example of that time that you can really, like this woman really didn't think black people were human. Mm. But that's how little they thought of us. But I mean, they, we weren't human. That's it was like doing this to a pig. It was like dissecting a frog. We weren't human, you know? So she, that, and also she hated, she hated slaves. So she she got a joy in torturing them. So that, it, it was almost like, uh, you know, you you hate dogs and you're, a, and you're a serial killer. So you hate dogs and you're a serial killer. You can do whatever to a dog you want because you you hate it, and you you don't care. You don't have any feeling towards it. So it allowed her to do some crazy shit. And the rumor is that she this is a lot of this is learned behavior from her husband, wow. who kind of you know brought her into this world of doing this to slaves. It's the rumor, um, but it definitely she she did a lot of it. And while I was reading this story, the whole time I was thinking of that Dave Chappelle sketch where they get in the time machine and go back in time oh, to yeah. the slave, uh, uh, to to the slave, uh, what do they call it, plantation, uh-huh. and they shot him. And like, if if I really uh, was upset, I'd call you a cracker. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what? He's like, it's a term made famous by George Jefferson, <laughs> the show the Jeffersons. And then he said something else, and he was like, and then he just shot him. <laughs> I was like, it, but really, like, oh, like I'm joking and everything, but it it brought this like anger in me where I was mm-hmm. like, if I had a time machine and a gun, yeah, if there was one thing I would do, because like black people can't really mess around with time machines, you know what I mean? Like black people oh, can't really get yeah, down with a time whole machines. shit, a whole this whole shit would be different. Yeah, well, not only that, but like even if it, you know, like uh, you'll watch movies and it'll like Back to the Future and all this kind of stuff, and it'll be like, man, I'm going to go back to the '80s, boom, 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 ba doom, ba doom, everybody's yeah. dancing and shit. <laughs> Up until like '96. I'm getting to call the nigger as soon as I hop out of the machine. Anytime. <laughs> I'm going to the 70s. Disco. I get hit with a bottle. Yep. I'm going back to the 60s. I want to see what uh, the the hippie movement was like. Yeah, now, it, would, it wouldn't be as much white's fun. White's only fountains, nigger. Yeah. You know, so black people can't really fuck around with, with, with time machines. Yeah. But okay, I see what you're saying with that point. If, if, I, if, if there was a thing that I could do, like get in a time machine and then go and get right back in the time machine, like I wouldn't want to go back and... Like if people are like you're in the time machine, but now you're stuck here for a week. It's Whoa. like no, there's no. nowhere I want to go. Hell no, at all. But if there was a place that I had to go, I would strap up. Like, can I load up? I would have. I would go like blade, weapons and gun, Uzis, guns that they can't even fuck with. And if it was like you put a gun to my head, you're gonna put me in this time machine. I gotta survive somewhere for you know a week. Drop me off in fucking Birmingham, Alabama, in 1865. Yeah. They got muskets. I like my odds. I'm not the most crack shot, but I, you know, I, I, I got a little bit of aim, mm-hmm. and I got weapons they never before seen, and I would fuck shit up. You would fuck shit up, and then the slaves at that time will be on oh, your I'd side. Be the king. I, you would I, be on your side. I'd be the Black Panther. Right. You, they would the, be on your side. I'd be the Black Panther. I'd claw, I'd cross the biggest slave revolt ever. But other than that, I don't want to go to the '60s. Like I just don't think it's. I don't think it would. It would be fun until shit got too real. You know yeah. what I mean? Where. You know, you land, you maybe you meet some cool white people that are like, you want to do some acid, bro? It's 63, summer of love, man. <laughs> and then, like, you're having a fun on and it's like, what are you doing around here, boy? 
And then you're like, oh man, damn, oh, I forgot about that. I part. forgot. Yeah, you know what I'm mean? like, damn. <laughs> um, you really look at him like, man, oh, I forgot about. <laughs> come on, man, really? You know, so I'm only here for a week, man. Yeah, man, come on, let me enjoy my vacation. <laughs> so that you know, yeah. So black people can't really fuck around with time machines. But if I had to get in a time machine and go somewhere, I would go back to this time and 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 incite justice. Really, I mean, I, you can't hear stories like this and not be disgusted. I mean, this woman is horrible. Right, she's terrible. Um. Where did I leave off? Yeah, so she had women in cages. Um, there was a woman that was found without her arms or legs, and she was still alive. Wow. Uh, as previously mentioned, when the fire broke out, there were a number of dead and tortured slaves found in her attic. The attic served as her own personal torture chamber. Once slaves were sent up there, that was it. They were never they were never likely to return. Additionally, La Lorie never removed the dead bodies from the attic. So the bodies were locked up with rotting. So the oh. so the so the slaves were locked up with rotting bodies. So if she had you put up there, just I'll, I'll be back. You're up there with like sixty dead bodies, with intestines out and all kind of limbs cut mm-hmm. off of it and all this shit like that. You know, it really was something out of a nightmare. That's like one of them scenes when they show the movies when like the detective walks in and like you throw up. Pew, yeah. yeah, exactly. Except they had to just stay in there. Oh god, you know. Uh, it's pretty terrible. Mm. Um, she was a collector of all things torture. She had shackles of all different kinds, um, and inward spiked collars. Uh, the way these collars worked was when you take a breath, you would be actively killing tighter. yourself. No, no, it gets tighter. It would the the spikes would go into your neck, and you exhale when you when you inhale. It- so if you take a deep breath, you know your throat expands. Oh, okay. So it would tighten. And the spikes would go into your neck. Uh, that's some that's some saw shit. Yeah, so you can either hold your breath until you die, or let the collar do its job. So you wow. can sit there and be like, "It hurts so bad. It's killing me. It's digging these big holes in my neck. I won't breathe. It hurts too bad." But that's then, crazy. but then imagine that. Oh, I'm just gonna hold my breath for as long as I can. You hold your breath for 60 seconds. That's torture. And then you gotta take a deep breath to get the breath back in you. Now you're breathing in and out, and the spike collar is going in and out of your neck. That makes me want to take a deep breath. Yeah, I mean, legit, I would never kill myself. But if I was That's living torture, in this time, I mean, when I was living, if I was living in this time, I, I mean, I legitimately, the first chance I got, I would kill. If myself. they were, if if somebody was like, yeah, if you go up there, she puts this collar around your neck, and then you either suffocate, suffocate yourself, yourself or, or be in, to- in, in right. terrible pain. I'm like, what the hell with this? Yeah, where's that? Where's yeah. that? What's the window they've been? That's not even around? the worst. They go, yeah, man. I heard she took Roxanne up there and fucking took her guts out and wrapped them around herself like a Fendi belt. I'd be like, what? Man, give me a knife. No, that'd be it. No, I'll go head first out of their rear. Yes, I'd rather die. I would rather I die. I'd rather die than you saw off my arm in 1830. This they're not using Novocaine. She's just. Cutting people's shit off, man. I would kill myself and immediately. And she's probably doing it with just confidence, like oh, oh yeah, like butchering. It's like butchering a cow. That that's how they saw us, man. I mean, that's that's. I mean, that's what it was. I mean, I couldn't stomach that. Oh, that's crazy. That, that's insane. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So you can either breathe or yeah. Uh. Though she tortured all of her slaves, the male slaves had it the worst. The men found in the attic were missing fingernails and had their eyes poked out. And their genitals cut off. She absolutely hated her male slaves. And um, there are some wow. rumors that it was because um, her uncles were attacked by slaves when she was young. And she also had survived a slave revolt. 
But to be mad at slaves for revolting is one of the most hilarious things. Like, like that, uh, that whole idea of like, I hate slaves because when I was 15, all the slaves on my dad's plantation rose up and beat my dad up and mm-hmm. ran away. And that wasn't cool. So <laughs> I hate that. It's like, what do you, that wasn't cool that you guys, they didn't want to be slaves anymore. Mm-hmm. So that, that's one of the theories as to why she was so angry at male slaves. Cause male slaves, uh, beat up some of her uncles and also had, they revolted on her father's plantation when she was a kid. That's a wonderful reason. That's a great, uh, that's a great reason to be <laughs> mad at slaves because they didn't want to be slaves anymore. Like how dare they not want to so be slaves what about, anymore? What about her husband? What about, what was he doing? He was doing. He was he being was, a doctor. You know? Oh, so he was never home. I mean, they like I said, they, there were rumors that he was the one that kind of indoctrinated her into being a torturer of slaves. But that's all rumors. Other than that, they you know they said he was a young guy from France. Uh, he was a doctor. There aren't really mu- there's not really much information on him. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. So she absolutely hated her male slaves. In the late 1930s, an old cracked copper plate was found in New Orleans' St. Louis Cemetery bearing Madame LaLaurie's maiden name. The inscription on the plaque in French claims that Madame LaLaurie died in Paris on December 7, 1842. However, the mystery remains alive, as other records located in Paris claims that she died in 1849. So there's all kind of mystery surrounding if she died, when she died, where she died. Uh, despite the plaque and the records, it was widely believed that while LaLaurie made it to Paris, she came back to New Orleans under a new name and continued her reign of terror. Wow. To this day, the body of Madame LaLaurie, the the bottom of Madame Marie Delphine LaLaurie has never been found. That's like, you, you did a story like that, though. Like, um, yeah, that was, was the woman, was that it? was the woman who worked on a farm. Yep. And she killed her kids and burned the farm down. She was never found either. And they... They had there were sightings on the stuff, but this woman, that is so creepy. her body was never found. They just kind of proclaimed her to be dead. But there's rumors that she left after back. the after the mansion burned down. She left. Maybe she set fire to it. You know, there's all kind of rumors, and that she left, went to Paris, but then came back. You know, a couple years later, and you know, under a new name, and got some slaves, and started doing this shit all over again. That's crazy. So, and because there's so many rumors and crazy folklore and urban legends it kind of became this whole big thing. And they took that and put it into the second season of American Horror Story, Coven. And I recommend it to anybody. Obviously, it's not... there. There's real, actual, like, documentaries on this woman, but that's more of a, you know, uh, horror, fictional kind of telling of it. But it is some fact to that to that uh, season of American Horror Story. Stuff like that, I just wish we knew. I think... I wish we could be like... We can see stuff like that, but then we can't do nothing about it. Just so, like just, just so just we, for history just, purposes? just so we know what exactly happened or what that person did or where that person went and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that I chose this story because if you don't know your history, you're doing the repeat. You know. So I want people to know what this country used to be. You know, like I want people to know that this was something. Yeah, this woman's terrible. But I could find you a thousand stories like this from this time. I mean, right. this is how this country was built mm-hmm. off of doing this to slaves and going, you know, and chattel slavery. This was the name of the game. This was the big business in America. This was how this country was built. And I don't ever want people to forget that. So when I hear people say that um, they're so sick of people complaining, like you weren't a slave and all these kind of things, like, no, no, was I a slave? No. But when I hear stories like this of people who looked like me being treated like this in this country, 
I feel a way about it. It it feels personal towards me because it could have been me. I just right. happened to be born in 1992. Right. But if I wasn't born in 1992, or if God forbid somebody in the future stuffs me in a time machine and I get put in any time before 19, you know, 83, it's going to be hell on earth for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean Martin Luther King wasn't a slave, but life wasn't great for Martin Luther King either. So it, there's other stuff beyond slavery, but yes, this woman, Madame Delphine, was an, an awful person, but was a shining example of the type of people that existed in the 1800s in America. It, it, she's not a outlier. This isn't one person who was right. awful. This She was really aw- the upper echelon of awful, mm-hmm. but right under there, there's people that were raping their slaves. and all kinds of, There was plenty of awful stuff that happened. So let's not forget our history and let's not repeat our history and let's just be better people. Like let's just let's just be better to people no matter what they look like, no matter, you know, you know, what kind of preconceived notions you may ha- may have about those people. Treat people the way you want to be treated. But don't ever fully trust anybody because they could in fact be the person that puts the knife in your back. So always be on the lookout at the core of you. But don't don't be mean to people. You know what I mean? Like you can be standoffish. You can be, you can avoid people. You can stay in your house all the time. If you want to be afraid of people, that's fine. But there's a big difference between being afraid of people and letting that fear turn into aggression and hate and actually manifesting it into hurting people. We're not about that here at all. No. We treat everybody the same, whether you're, you know, black, white, brown, purple, gay, straight, whatever your sexual orientation is, trans, we don't care. We think all of you might kill us, but we'll treat you the way we want to be treated. Right. But in the back of my mind, when you go, hey, man, um, can you give me a ride somewhere? I'm going to sit in the back seat. I'm like, no, nah, man, no. you can sit next to me because nobody sits in my back seat. Or you can just know. go ahead and walk. Or Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to my man friend, you won't even get the ride. So that. That, that's, 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 that's how always on the lookout he is. You won't even get the ride. No, sir. I'll, take I'll no tell chances. you what I do. Here, here, I'm, I'm so nice. I'll call you an Uber, bro. You know what I mean? Like that that's is that you? Mm. You'll at least do that, right? Yeah, I'll at least do I'll that. I'll get you an Uber, but I can't. I'm going out I'm going the other way. Damn. Yep. Yeah, I'm going the other way. I can't go that way. But I can get you an Uber. I'll shoot you an Uber out this way mm. and they'll take care of you. Um But we just uh, we do nice people, but still get fucked over though. Yeah, nice people always get fucked over, man. So Crazy. but you can but that doesn't mean you shouldn't be nice. Right. So be nice, but just be on guard. And I think yeah. that's easy to do. Just be nice, but always be skeptical of people, you know, because people only show you what they want you to see. That's just a fact. People only are going to show you what they want you to think they are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's just everybody. And eventually you get to a point where, uh, you know, you know a person very well and, you know, you think that you, you've known them since you were kids and all this kind of stuff. And then somebody tells them how great they are. And then they're sitting in front of you and they got a scarf on and sunglasses and a fur coat and like fancy bottles of water. Right. So it just, you never really know people, even if you think you do. So, um, friend, do you have anything else you want to add? Um, no, that was, um, that was a history lesson right there. That, I like that. Yeah, you know, sometimes you know we we like to be funny here, but sometimes you got it, you got it, you got to slide in, you got to slide the medicine into the candy, you know. So we're funny here, but like you know, it's I not all banging my damn elbow in this chair. Well, hurts. stop doing it, man. Maybe if you took that heavy <laughs> ass coat off, you wouldn't be fucking have heavy ass elbows. Anyway, we're gonna get out of here. We're not gonna hold you guys up anymore. Um, like I said, uh, 
be on the lookout for us. Let people know that, you know, we're the hottest podcast in town and we're coming for that crown. You know, I'm sick of being humble. I'm taking a page out of Fran's book. And we're just going to start talking wildcat shit because you know something? If I'm going to be honest about it, there's nobody in the true crime game doing what we're doing. No, sir. Nobody's bringing you that black Twitter comedy. Nobody's bringing you that energy, that, that you know, that, that, that introspective comedy, taking a look at society, but doing it in a funny way and then also telling you some fucked up shit. We're not mm-hmm. just up here reading you boring ass, you know, facts from, from, from stories. We're here. We're telling you our passionate feelings about horrible things that have happened to people and how they make us feel. And, and, and people aren't bringing it like this. They just aren't. And that's facts. And if anybody wants to challenge us on that, you, you, you send us the link. Send me the podcast that's doing what we do in the way that we do it. And I'll bow. Right. I, I, I'll, I'll kindly bow down. I won't, but he will. There you go. So I, I, I'm, I'm learning, friend. I'm trying to get on your level. Okay. I'll, I'll get there someday. Okay. But first of all, before we close this out, um, wanted to come, I wanted to come at you about something. Uh, come at me? Yeah. Come to you about something. Uh, the other day, I was told by my um assistant, oh God. my sister Jim, that yeah, you were uh-huh. harassing him on, on my Facebook page. How can I harass somebody who doesn't exist? He does exist. Okay, so, uh, I, he told you I harassed him. Yes. Look, man, don't harass Jim. My assistant Jim. Yeah, I, I won't harass. Harass him again and see what happens. First of all, that's what I wanted to say. Don't ever raise your voice <laughs> ever in my home. And second of all, look me in my eyes when you talk to me, man. man. I mean, I just think it's very disrespectful. You aren't looking at me. You have sunglasses on indoors. It's nighttime. I don't understand why you need. <laughs> you have this strange energy, and you don't have a personal assistant. Because I'm Fran Star, for one. Fran, and two. Oh, that's just, you're just gonna be gone by that name. <laughs> I'm Fran Star. Fran Star. Yes. Is it still Evans? No. It's Fran Star from now on. Oh, the last name is Star. No. It's there just is France. no last name? No. There's no last name. Oh, it's like it's Cher. Just, yeah. It's just Fran Star. Prince. It's like Cher. Yep. Wow. Okay. Fran Star. And See I have my my assistant, Jim. See what you guys did? I want my friend back. We're, um, this people been, like Jim. If you haven't, if you haven't how read do you, anything. People, do people, people like air? You know, people like... Uh, like you can't like things that you don't see, or, you know, or that aren't there. He, Jim isn't real. People like What's him. What's his last name? He doesn't have a last name, he man. He doesn't have a last no. name. Jim the assistant. That's what he is. Jim the assistant. Yes. All right. <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sign off, and um, I'm gonna go look up Jim the assistant on Facebook, and 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 let's see if we can find a profile on that. His mother named him Jim the assistant, no last name. <laughs> uh, this has been. Another episode of Affirmative Murder. I've been Alvin Williams alongside my partner in true crime, Franco Evans. And we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 